We have a universal need for belonging. In the past few years, it's been a hard one to meet. Today's podcast guest, CJ Finley, has made me feel like I belong from the moment that I met him for the first time in Austin, Texas. And today, we dive into where that comes from for him, how he is able to cultivate such a strong community locally, not just in Austin, but on the internet as well through his Thrive On Life brand, and really where connection is getting harder and harder by the moment, yet he makes it look easy. CJ and I's friendship is a testament of how social media can be this great tool if you choose to be social on it. Him and I connected nearly two years ago simply through Instagram DMs. Today's podcast is really a special one as we got this chance to record at Forever Athlete Away Games in Austin, Texas, bring our friendship full circle. It was also the first live podcast audience that we've ever had on the show, and it's experience like none other. We're looking to do more of these in the future. CJ was also on the show previously, episode 67. Go back, check it out, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now let's dive into it with CJ. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Forever Athlete Radio. I am joined today by my good friend, CJ Finley, and we are live in Austin, Texas at the Forever Athlete Away game, and to be honest, man, I want to start because I was reflecting. Uh, I thought it was honestly perfect that you are the person that I'm sitting down with because I want to say now it's been like a year and a half since I first explored Austin, and I was blown away from the moment that I met you, just the hospitality and the, the welcomeness that you had for someone like me who we had never met in person. I don't even know if we were really internet friends. I, I just remember running into you at the gym. Chris Devine, like, baby. Chris Devine, shout out to you, my man. Roan, awesome text, company. Text thread of, hey, meet this guy, Corey Camp. And I'm like, who the hell is this? Yeah, and, and we're, we're like, here. okay, well, let's let's go with it. Let's roll with it. So here we are, um, and we're rolling with it. I want to ask you, where does that come from for you? Because it's not like most people to just open your arms and be like, hey, man, I'm going to take you under my wing. I know you're new to Austin. I'm going to show you all the spots. Let's go hit it. It's Cool for me, and first off, just thank you for having me as a guest, and I appreciate it, and thank you for the live audience we have. Um, I appreciate all of you being willing to sit here and listen to us uh, chat it up, so I appreciate that. Um, But it reminds me, what you're doing here in Austin actually reminds me of my my childhood. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, like my, we had a basement, they have basement in New Jersey, and we would be playing floor hockey, video games, whole nine yards when probably like age like seven to like 13. And then as soon as like you get in high school, like you're too cool for that now. So fortunately my parents finished our basement and put in a nice like projection screen and where you could watch sports or, or play, we played rock band and guitar here and all these things. So Mm. since I was a little kid, like it was just, my house was the house to go to, to hang out. Um, and then the second part of that was sports. I was always, I was a four sport athlete and I really just enjoyed being around other athletes and around other people. And I met so many diverse people and parents that were like, Hey, I I can take your kid to the game this weekend if my parents couldn't and vice versa. So I was from a very young age, I saw how teamwork and community was integrated and it was always hey, I got you, and there was no thought of what am I getting in return. It was just, like, we're trying to help everyone get better here, and, like, it's the collective. And when I got into adulthood and went the normal route that most people go, go to college, get the job, I started realizing everyone's alone. 
you show up to the job and you pretend to be somebody that you're not and then everybody goes home and then everybody's de- sad and depressed and watch Netflix or on their phone scrolling watching social media and then it's repeat um, so that was me I moved to different cities and I didn't know people so I started thinking like okay there was people that lent a hand to me in my childhood and then in my young adulthood there was people that'd be like hey come do this or come try this I was like, why can't that be me? So now when I live in Austin, Texas, I'm fortunately very blessed to be connected to some of the best people here in the city. I try to be the guy that remembers, I know what it's like to be in a city where you don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. So anybody that reaches out to me, I try to treat it as like, I remember when I moved to Nashville and I didn't know a single person and then a couple people like helped me out there. I want to be that person here. So that's really where it stemmed from is just like the progression of, having that basement as a kid to then my young adulthood, uh, having sports and things of that nature. And then as a, an adult now, I try to lend that hand so that people can get integrated into the life that they want to live. Yeah. I love how you not only recognize this problem and saw the, the loop and the, I guess the cycle that we can get caught up in, but you took it a step further and you're like, I'm going to do something about it because so many people recognize these problems and they're like, they just, it ends up just being, well, they're just going to bitch about it to <laughs> those around them. They're most likely just going to be like, oh man, like all we're doing is working and then we come home and we watch Netflix and then it's like repeat over and over again. So what, first off, like props to actually doing something about it. I want to shift the lens to what you are doing here, not just with Thrive On, which is like how you're living your life in Austin. How is that showing up like continuously every day for you now? Uh, I have to give a huge shout out to my wife, Erin. Uh, she's a major part in the life that I live today. Um, I quit my corporate job five years ago, January 2nd, uh, 2017. And prior to that, I was just jumping from job to job to job. Mm. And I didn't really like where my life was going. And going back to the theme of, of teamwork and community, like the number one person that is my teammate is the person that I go home to every single day and I couldn't do that without her because as a team we have decided like what is best for both of us and what mission are we both on and for me that was I'm a community builder I love people and I love really just throwing events and being on podcasts and inspiring and motivating people to educate themselves on how they can live a better lifestyle and that wouldn't be possible without somebody who understands the importance of that because mm-hmm. if if she didn't understand like last night I she just got home from Vegas from her work trip and immediately I pick her up from the airport and I'm like yo I got to go to this event for Corey and then I got to go downtown for this other event with one of the other businesses that I'm working on to try and help them with their YouTube ads and I didn't get home till nine o'clock last night so it, it really takes somebody that understands mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do so I wanted to convey that on here because the number one thing that anybody can do to improve their life is surround themselves with other people that truly believe in them and truly want to help them get to that next level now that also comes with sacrifice of there's a lot of times where I'm bending over backwards to help her get to her next level Mm -hmm. and then the community as well and I think a lot of people they especially like we have some people from the East Coast here I grew up on the East Coast, it was like, you can't win unless I'm winning. Mm. So if you start winning or you start thriving, 
I'm going to shit on you. I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to talk behind your back because selfishly, I want what you have. Rather out here, it's like, I'm like, damn, Corey is doing this away game. This is badass. How do I add value to this? Because I want this to stay alive. Mm. So if I have one, even if it's just showing up and smiling and meeting new people, if that helps him keep his idea alive and get to that next phase, I'm winning too at that point. Because then when you go and you blow this thing up, I get to say, I was at the very first one. Hell yeah. And it was in my city. <laughs> pretty much. So I think a lot of people don't have that, that viewpoint. They think that it's a zero sum game mm. where you can only have so much and I can only have so much rather being a positive sum game of we can all have what we want out of life and we can actually get there much faster if we just sit down and have a discussion of like, how do we help each other mm. get to that next level? Yeah, I think what's actually been so interesting how this weekend has unfolded and just the, we haven't even been sitting together for like more than 12 hours yet. Uh, or like we're right around that mark, which is crazy. But in my head, it was like, cool, I'm going to plan out these workshops and I'm going to like provide so much value and all this information. And I'm so glad it hasn't developed into that. All of these inner, these workshops that we've done so far have just turned into phenomenal discussion. And it's been more along the lines of like the, the reason why the slogan behind Forever Athlete is we grow further together. It's why it's on the t-shirts is like I'm a firm believer of that. If we can just all get in the same room, we have a general outline of where we want this to go. Just like we have a general outline of where we want this podcast conversation to go. But let's be open to I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear how you and Aaron sit down and have that communication. And what does that look like to really have that conversation around like, hey, I, I see you just got back from Vegas and I have this. Where did that first start? Has that always been like a mutually understanding underlying thing in your guys' relationship? And then do you find it also in carrying over to business relationships, friendships that you're clearly communicating? Or is that something you're learning? Or what's that process look like for you? I wish it was something that was God-given, but it's been a long process. And it's funny because Valentine's Day is on Monday. And during February on my own podcast, I put out a lot of a relationship content around, like, how much, like, I have failed. So, like, people will look at us on the on the outside and see, like, like I've known my wife since we were 10, and I, we have this really cool story, like, Fortunately, the universe gave me a cool story when it comes to my relationship, but I never take that for granted. And like, I fucked up in so many different ways. And one of the number one ways that I messed up was I put my mission above her mm -hmm. at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And she actually ended up throwing her ring at me, like be before we were even married, because I was spending so much time on meetings and my mission and what I thought was going to get me to the next level, because in my head, it was it's going to get our family to the next level. Mm. But at the end of the day, she didn't want that. She wanted time spent with me. Like what's, what's the purpose of giving up the present for a future you never know if you'll even have. So there's this fine line of like, okay, I'm, I have this mission, which I want to propel our future towards, but I also need to be, need to be cognizant of in the present moment, what is it that really matters in this life? And it's first and foremost, my health and then second it's the ones i love and if my health checks out then the next thing needs to be on the hierarchy the people closest to me and she's the number one on the totem pole it's what does she need from me out of life and understanding that 
So communicating, we both were, were very independent people, like mm-hmm. um, prior to even coming together, like very independent. And one of the toughest things we had to figure out is like, okay, like it's not just me waking up and deciding what I want to do today or her waking up and deciding what she wants to do today. Much like this event, it's like you got to wake up and like ask everybody in the room, like what do we feel like doing? If you just woke up and you're like, we're doing this regardless of how you feel, you feel Everyone's going to be like, fuck this. I'm never doing this again. I just flew in last night. We ate some food I'm not used to. Can we take it a little bit slower today, Corey, and, and do a little something a little bit different? And if you're receptive to that, you're going to provide a much better experience. Relationships with your significant other are much the same. It's mm-hmm. day by day and communicating, hey, this is what my week looks like. So a great example to, to wrap up this note is like we – this morning was wonderful running on the lake and the discussion we had when we when we left that run was like hey we we need to do this a little bit more we need to like wake up and and go for a run and the discussion ended with okay maybe what we do is because i'm a systems guy i immediately go towards okay on sunday night let's look up what day of the week has the best weather projected for in the morning and then let's choose that one day and I think a lot of people get overwhelmed. They're like, oh, we got to do We had one great experience. We got to do it every day. And they overwhelm themselves. Like, Let's just pick one day a week, one day a week where we can go somewhere and do this thing together. And then if we, don't, if we stop enjoying it later on down the line, we switch it up and we do something else like that. Um, and it's really just learning how to communicate. And I think for males specifically, like we're just not taught how to analyze how we're feeling internally and then express that my problem has always been I express things passionately which comes off as aggression mm. to a lot of females and I'm learning how to dial it down when I'm talking to her versus like when I'm on podcast I'm just like let's fucking go right versus with her I have to dial it in and, and be a little bit more cognizant of she's a delicate flower and I'm coming at her like I'm with a spear, like a lot of the times, like that's, that's not a good way to go about things. So it's also being cognizant of tone and how you say things. And again, it's the same way, whether you're hosting an event like this, how you say things in the morning might be a little bit different than how you say things when we're about to like go play outside. Right. So I think a lot of people mix up how, like when they're growing communities that there's a way to say things, it's less about what you say and just how you say and how you show up to people um, and if you're a leader, like waking up and shaking everyone's hand, like, how you doing this morning? And mm-hmm. just being a little bit more um, on the question side and, and listening side. But then later on, when we're on that run, they might be looking for that motivation. So then you got to turn coach mode on. Yeah. So understanding the different tones and understanding each other um, and what the necessities are is a huge thing in whether it's in your partnership or if it's in your community. Yeah, I think so much goes into being able to learn people and like understand what what you need in this moment might be different than what hope needs or what mm. i need or what dom needs and that's it, okay i i look back at like the best coaches that i ever had I, I to this day the best coach that i've ever had and sorry to all the other ones was this guy <laughs> coop he was my distance coach at my first two years at delaware and i say that because he was phenomenal at reading people and quickly, very quickly learning what motivated and what demotivated people. And he would push just the right buttons and know exactly when to push them. So he would knew, like my um, buddy Jorge, who I live with out in LA, 
he swam, uh, him and I grew up together and we went to Delaware together and Coop knew to motivate me, he needed to put Jorge like head to head with me Mm. and he would do that like, and he would change practice around to do that. If like he saw I was backing off or Jorge was backing off, he'd be like, all right, we're going to audible this next set. We're going to put you guys to head to head, like going on the blocks off these next like 10 repeats. And it just like switch flipped. And I was like, this is immediate. Um, so I think there is so much value in taking the time to get to know the people that you're with, whether it is in a coaching relationship or a partnership or just friendships. Like the better you can really be open to meeting that person where they're at instead of forcing them food that they don't want to eat. Like here's that's the motivation, a, yeah. dude. Like take it, take it, take it. It's like I'm not hungry for it right now, man. Um, and that that's been a very – big lesson for me because Mm. I am a very self-motivated person Mm. and I don't need much to like, like I wake up and I'm like, it's a new day. Let's get after it. And some people are the exact opposite and I have to be okay with that. And I've learned to be okay with that. And also I've taken it with a grain of salt of saying not everyone is for me. So it's like, who, who do I, I think the best coaches understand who they who they really can be the best coaches for mm. and they're okay with that. And he clearly like with you two was able to decipher that he could lean into like being a really good coach for both of you, but in different ways. Um, and that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, one of the things that I've tried to really work on, and I'd be curious to hear what this process has been for you. Cause I'm also self-motivated and self-driven and for a while, I wasn't open to meeting and trying to understand people that weren't. Because I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. I, for the longest time, I didn't understand people that couldn't wake up at 4.30 and 5 in the morning and just, like, go and do their day and knock out all the things. I quite literally didn't. I was ignorant to, like, people. I wasn't open to seeing other people's point of view. Um, and then one of the biggest helps for me in that regard has been letting go of the expectation that everyone's going to be like motivated by the same thing and live their life exactly the same. Some people don't want that. So how have you worked? What has that process been for you? And how have you worked through really just letting go of expectations in relationships, community building, business, whatever it may be. So I think expectation oftentimes we can talk there too. I think everything stems back to ego. So we, Mm -hmm. we set expectations because we want we want to adapt the world to us. Rather, this world has been, a, been around way longer than us and will be around way after we are, quote unquote, des- deceased from Earth. Whatever you believe in after that, that's on you. But this world is going to keep trucking. So once you realize how small we actually are in this world, you start being able to t- take a step back and be like, I don't want everyone to be like me. I don't want everyone to have my same motivations. A great example is like I'm a systems, I'm a logical, practical guy. There would be no cool art in this world if everyone was like me. I mean, I'm I like I produce artwork through video and audio and things like that, but like I can't draw for shit. It would be all stick figures. Like <laughs> the cavemen make me look like they're they're Picasso and I'm some guy on the street, right? So if everyone was like me, this world would be a really boring place. So that that really has helped me. Um, and then the the second thing. I would think is you mentioned the word like expectations. I flipped it from like in society, unfortunately, we 
we get expectations set on us for us. And that causes us to set expectations for other people. So a great example is we go to school and the expectation is what? Get an A, right? But is every class weighted the same way? Well, to a lot of people it is. But the reality is if I wasn't good at art in school, why are my parents or anybody else putting the expectation on CJ should get an A in art? It should be like, no, like, fuck art. But I expect you to be the best of the best at what you truly love. And CJ, what expectations do you have of yourself? And if we all just focused on the expectations that we have of ourselves, and we lived up to those expectations, the world would be a better place because no one wakes up and is like, I want to be broke. I want to be a shitty person. I, like we all wake up and we all pretty much want to be a good human being. We innately want to produce something for this world. It's very few people that wake up and they don't want to do shit. Like that, that's a very, but we as motivate, self-motivated people wake up and we think that like most of the world is like that. No, most of the world is living in ambiguity. And I mentioned this to Dom earlier today where in business and in life, ambiguity leads to anxiety. Mm. So a lot of people, even though it looks like they're not motivated, like because of action, it's their head is going 24 seven. There's something going on in their mind they're just not externally showing the motivation that they have because they're probably ambiguous as to why they're actually here on this earth. And that, I would say, is 90% of the people that I interact with. Um, 10% of the people and the people that I hang around the most are self-motivated like yourself just because that motivates me to, to continue to make a positive impact. But if I were to like take a general pulse of like society, most people are so ambiguous to where their life is going and why they are here on earth that that's why it shows up as they're not that motivated. Because if you were, if you were to look at like, like I'm hope to be blessed with, with children in the near future. Um, and that right there, if I took a reflection of like, how do I want to show up for myself so that my kids have a better life, that self-awareness it's a lot easier to wake up and get the workout in and do these things. But it stems from most people aren't clear on like that goal of, I wanna be this type of person for X, Y, Z reason. And the reason that they're like that, in my belief, is because they've never been asked. Mm. School doesn't ask you that. It just says, show up, get the grade. Job doesn't ask you that. Show up, get paid. It doesn't ask you like, what do you really want out of this life of yours? How do you wanna make every heartbeat count? In your life, if you took one question I asked all my clients, if I put you on an island, what would you do? Like you have, no one's there to watch you. No one's there to see. And I, like for me, I'm like, I'd probably showing up in the same black shorts, no shirt on during the day, jumping in the ocean. So I try to reenact my life the same way that I would live on an island. I'd do creative things. I'd have fun. I would try to like build communities because there's no judgment there. But with the judgment and the, the strings that society attaches to people, that's what I think causes what we see as the lack of motivation. How do you let go and actually like give yourself the space and the time to actually sit with that question? Because I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I love your process because I do something similar. Um, but I think a lot of us, maybe people listening in as well, never actually pause long enough or to actually like realistically consider that question. They might hear that and they might immediately be turned off and be like, easy for him to say. 
So how do how do you? Why would they say it's easy for me to say? I don't know. I feel like, well, actually, I do know because I think that's most people's initial go-to when they see someone doing something that they wish they were doing, maybe. Because they're like, I just don't see myself doing that. And it might be because it is too ambiguous. It's too, like, colluded. And they just can't get clear on that. So I would, my question to you is, how would you start that process? Or where did that start? Have you ever heard the term, the ball don't lie? Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Time doesn't lie. If I had a camera and I followed you around all day, every day, what would I see? What would I see in the small moments? Are you scrolling on your phone? Are you watching Netflix? Are you, do you have negative habits? Or are you using that time wisely? So it's not about me mm. thinking about how somebody should go about their life. It's about them fully understanding, okay, I'm far from perfect and being able to say that. I am far from perfect, but how do I get 1% better? And time is the only thing that really matters. So the number one thing that I have people do is pie chart your time. So, okay, here's an easy example. There's 24 hours in a day. We all have the same, right? Let's say we all need seven, eight hours. Let's just say eight hours to be, to be safe. Now how many hours do we have left? 16, right? How many hours do we eat a day? Probably like one to two hours. Now we're down to 14. How many hours do you spend showering, brushing your teeth, on the toilet, doing whatever, probably another hour. Now we're down to 13. How many hours do you spend commuting or just getting to places? Probably another hour. Now we're down to 12, right? So you see where I'm going with this is like, mm-hmm. okay, we think we have all this time, but the reality is we don't. Then you need to track what that time is, and then you need to create a second pie chart of what do you want your time to be? So for me, it's like, okay, how many hours a day do I want to spend on my health? How many hours a day do I want to spend on my mind? So when I meant health right there, I meant like physical fitness, mm-hmm. right? How many hours do I want to be spending on my mind, whether it's reading, writing, meditating? How many hours do I want to be outside? How many hours do I want to spend with Aaron? How many hours do I want to spend on my business? How many hours do I want to spend with my friends? And it's, as, it's really as easy as like science, the science of tracking your time. Mm-hmm. Here's what my time looks like. Here's where I wish my time was. And then literally being self-accountable to showing up and saying, you know what? My time is really messed up here. I need, because most people are visual learners. So this is why I, I mm-hmm. recommend this. And this is how I do things. It's just like, okay, I'm not spending enough time outside. The only way to switch that is to get outside. Nobody can, nobody can motivate me or, mm-hmm. or say anything or do anything that's going to make me get outside more. I just have to walk out the front door and then equate it to that time. And that's where people struggle the most is like, they'll look at someone like me and be like, oh, well, he gets to do what he gets to do because of X reason. But that's not the point. I could say the same thing about you. I could literally be like, well, nobody forced you to have that job. We live in America. Nobody put a gun to your head and told you, you got to take on 100K of debt to go to school and get the certification. You chose that. So let's take complete ownership over the choices we had. And now let's have the discipline to make better choices moving forward. And the discipline really is just around time. Like that's where people get confused. It's not like you need to spend hours in the gym or hours eating the right thing or doing all these different things Mm -hmm. that society tries to tell you because they want to sell you something. I just tell people, you just need to track your time. 
you're very you're reminiscent a lot of um i'm not sure if you're familiar with rob beardex system of like he does everything i think it's through excel or something he has an excel sheet which he i mean this takes it one step further um he actually will like dial (laughs) he'll track every day and the time that he spends with like i spent one hour here i spent two hours here and stuff like that i'm more of like you just need the map out like where where are you at versus where you want to go um and he was a big motivator for me to do this because i heard that i saw he was doing this yeah um but i you take it for what he for what it's worth of how does that work into your life um but the pie chart for me was more so it's visual yeah than a job which is the excel sheets yeah i love it um do you ever look at you listed a couple different things there and my mind immediately went to well how can i be either more i kind of hate the word efficiency especially when it comes to relationships because to me i think efficiency sometimes have a a negative connotation of like it's actually taking out of the presence change it to effective effective i like that how do you make sure or do you look at effective ways i guess throughout your day where you're looking at maybe compounding time so you and i'll explain that a little bit further you Mentioned like spending time with Aaron and getting outside. I would look at that as say, oh, maybe I'm a, li- a little bit shorter on time today. I want to go for a walk with Aaron to like two birds, one stone. Do you look at it that way or? 100%. What was okay. this morning? Exactly. We, hey, we got outside <laughs> with Aaron and you brought her along. It was yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I look to be effective, not necessarily efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's life's a game million people have said it yeah. before me a million people say it after me it, it's honestly a game like we're all just playing a game like some people might hear this and be like wow i took a lot away from this other people would be like this guy's trash it, it's just the nature of the reality that we live in so when you look at your time if we're going back to that and you're looking at your life and how to be effective in your life you are writing the rules so the rules for me were i need to spend more time with my wife i need to be outside more I want to be in my community. I want to build my business. So like today, like in that one hour of time frame, I checked off so many boxes because like got to see the sunrise, got my fitness in, spent time with Aaron, had my GoPro along the way, created content, built better relationships, got to talk to new people and meet new people. I'm always looking, how do I compound, create compound interest? Um, And this type of mentality will play out will pay dividends in everywhere in your life. I look at the same way, like my business, my financial financial investments, everything is how do I do less work, mm. less input, max output? Because this is, an, this is an amazing period where you can compound your time. And a lot of people are still living, like my parents' generation are still living in the one-to-one because there was no internet when they were our age. Mm-hmm. But with the internet and the ability to connect, like, Another great example is I'm flying into a new city. Why wouldn't you use Instagram to hit somebody up and be like, yo, I want to come take your class, whether it's fitness or whether it's grabbing a coffee or somebody or whether it's podcasting with somebody. Why wouldn't I compound that time in some way mm-hmm. when you have that ability these days? What do you think stops most people from doing that? Because we, we all have the same access to doing that. But no one, I, I wouldn't say no one, but not many of us actually 
follow through? Like, is it the fear of, oh, what are they going to say? Yep, 100%. I, I forget where I heard this, but most people are more afraid of public speaking than they are to die. There's a stat out there. This is a real stat. I'm going to look it up right after this. But there's a real stat that there's people out there that are more afraid to go speak in public than they are to die. That creates more anxiety. So if they think, I think what they did was they like posed like talking about death versus like getting mm -hmm. in front of public and they saw their like heart rate. They did some type of study. But that right there shows me, and I just know from just hanging around people, they're, they're more afraid to stick their neck out than living in a comfortable, that is what it is. That's what they, they kind of tell themselves. Versus what I was telling, sorry to point you out again, Dom, um, him today, like he's probably the one, young, one of the youngest people here, right? And I was like, at your age, man, I was drunk at a bar. There's no way I would, I would or at 6 and 7, 6.30 in the morning, I'm waking up hungover. There's no way I'm running on this lake. You're already ahead. So if you're already ahead, one, appreciate that you're already ahead. But two, I was like, I'm 31. At my, by the time you're my age, what is, what is the worst thing that could happen? Like he wants to build his business. What is the worst thing that could happen? And he, he says a couple good points. And I was like, no, the worst thing that could happen is you get to my age and you say, I wish. I wish I could have or I wish I did. Mm -hmm. You're around a bunch of people that are doing right now. So just do it because you have the time to get back up and, and fix things. But you don't want to – there's a bunch of people my age that are, like, now trapped in the world. Like, when I was mid-20s, I was like, I'm going to go do this, and I want to do that, and fuck it. If I fail, whatever. At least I get to say that I tried and I failed. Mm. Um, and to wrap this little section up, there's a book called Art of War. Uh, War of Art. War of Art. Stephen Pressfield. Um, Art of War is a book too. Um, <laughs> also way different kind. Also, Everyone not at the uh, like, yep, also a famous <laughs> book, but this one is the War of Art, Stephen Pressfield, and he mentions so he uh, produced a mo his first big movie. It was like King Kong Lives or something, and he produces his movie, and it's a total flop. He gets his friends and everybody to come, and like he's like, man, like the the second week, he's like, it's got, it's got, it's like great. I know it's great. It's it's gonna work. And then it just flops, and he gets depressed. But his one friend comes to him, and he's just like, isn't this what you wanted? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you made a big screen movie. He's like, you're not a true pro until you fail at professional level. Mm. Would you rather be in AAA baseball hitting home runs or striking out as a professional athlete in the MLB? I don't know about you. I'd rather be striking out in the MLB because yeah. the next day, maybe I start hitting home runs. The opportunity is there. You got a lane, you got a chance. That was a saying that was thrown on some T-shirts back in the day. It's growing up swimming. Exactly. So it's anyone listening to this, like we're on this podcast. I'll, I'll lay some context here. We're in a con. We're recording a podcast overlooking the Austin River. Got some people here watching us. Like this used to be a dream of mine, but mm -hmm. what the dream started as was my phone on the rooftop of a Whole Foods where you could hear the birds in the background with one of my friends because I was too scared to record with somebody I didn't know. You never know what's going to happen. But I was like, I want to be in the big leagues. Like, yeah. I, I want to at least fail and, can, and, and fail at being a pro rather than say I wish I could have done something. I love that approach, man. I love it. And I, what I think is super, super cool, we'll keep using Dom as an example. Sorry, Dom. It's like... <laughs> I look at people his age 
for context, the kid's 23. He just, you know, he's got his own podcast. We'll plug him a little bit. You know, Pure Ambition Podcast. Go check it out. Great dude. I, I, have the, I have the same feeling at 26. I look back at 23 and I go, God damn, if I just did this at 23, where would I be right now at 26? So it's it's so e- – I don't want to say it's so easy, but it's, it is just very interesting to look back at the younger generation. To me, it's inspiring to see that people are getting into this stuff younger and younger and younger. And the barrier to entry is basically non-existent now. You know what I mean? Like, I think when we first – started or you're five years older than me so when you first started like instagram was this new thing it was kind of like coming around there was no stories i don't even know if there's dms i don't think there's dms that's wild it was literally like post a picture of my beer (laughs) (laughs) here we go (laughs) of my poppy and like that's it here's the over filtered photo and stuff um let's keep with social media how do you, you intentionally show up on social media in a way that is providing value because that's one of the things I recognize in not just your content, but just you as a human. Um, I, I noticed that you're very intentional with how you show up. So where does that come from and how does, how does someone listening in, maybe a younger creator start that? So I think someone has to designate just to be clear in the beginning why they're showing up in the first place on Mm. social media and because it'll look different if you're uh, creating a business account or if you're creating your brand account or if you just want your personal account so i want to make that very clear it's going to look different for different people Mm. and that's the beauty of it is you can show up in a million different ways and and make it work in a million different ways now for me i'll give from the context of i started on social media for the saying is in the title of it social media Mm. i am a social person i love i was an athlete i was in a fraternity i'm a social person because i learn more from other people i can't i i do read but like i'd much rather have a podcast and learn from you on a podcast than reading a book Mm. so once i learned that about myself i was like oh how can i use social media to connect with people that believe in the same things as me and want to leave their impact on the world and quote unquote thrive on life just like I do. And that's how it started. It literally was just, I want to connect with cool people. And the way that I think I'm going to connect with cool people is talking about my problems, my life, how I go about life and just showing up every day as me like really me. And I think what has stopped me from gaining hundreds of thousands of followers, I know that I could, I'm smart enough to rig the system to make that happen is I refuse to post uh, to niche down and just post the same thing all day, every day. So like a great example is like my fitness account. If I put time and energy into that one, like that could be huge. I know this, but would that make CJ happy? No, what makes CJ happy is like, yo, I'm going to go work out with this community, this badass community, Forever Athlete, tomorrow morning at Squatch, and then I'm going to record one minute of that little thing, and then I'm just going to put that video up, no filter, no real edits, whatever, just so that I can look back on this experience. Mm. That makes me happy. Now, if that doesn't get me a million followers, and if that doesn't get me a million dollars, I don't care, because there's other ways for me to make money that also make me happy, and that's building systems. So if you're listening right now and you're starting a brand, I can help you build systems of scale 
I can also help you build the brand and the marketing so that you get inbound leads rather than having to cold sell. Like a lot of us have get DMs like, hey, I can help you here. I can do that. Like I don't do that shit. All I do is, again, I'll go back to this morning is I was like, how can I provide value to this experience for everybody this morning? What, do, what resources do I have to provide value? Right? So somebody else has a drone. Somebody else has the, the, the big camera. Sometimes that's me. Yeah. This morning it wasn't. So I was like, I got a GoPro. I'm just going to film everybody with my GoPro. And then that's it. Throw it together. Awesome was like, dude, you did this so quick. And it was like the speed is because I don't care how it looks to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I just clipped them together and I was like, here's an experience I had. I enjoyed it. And when I look back next year or at your next one, it's going to look amazing. And to the point of Instagram specifically, I love hashtags. And I was reminded of this yesterday because I posted hashtag thrive on wife. And my buddy like came in my DMs with the, the laughing, crying face. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty funny. My uh, my one friend actually coined it, and he was like, "When this blows up, I want uh, royalties on this." But I started noticing that you can use your own hashtags to make it your own whole page. So, like, yeah. Thrive on Wife. If you go to that hashtag, it's just photos of me and Aaron. So, like, again, going back to future kids, I'm gonna be able to show my future kids this whole page of just photos of her and I and different experiences, different things. No one's gonna look at that hashtag. I don't care. But like figuring out the systems that make your life more enjoyable and your experience more enjoyable. And then uh, the last thing to wrap on this, have, have you ever been asked to write your own obituary? No. So it's a pretty powerful experience. Anyone out there, I highly recommend doing it. But when I was posed with this, I was like, hmm, like what do I want to do? Like what do I want on, on that day? And why do I do what I do? And who would I want speaking? And I was like, I don't really want anyone going up there and like saying he was this great person or he did this or he did that because then you don't see the good and the bad. You don't see the whole person. I was like, I want someone to go up there and press play. And that's why I'm on social media. It's like, so, like when I look back at my life, it's a culmination of all the experiences that I had with so many different people, good, bad, in the middle, and it's all there. And I can look back on that and know that, man, I had a I had a really good life. And again, I don't think most people take that approach with it. It it we have the smartest we have a lot of the smartest people on earth working on phones and on social media to get you addicted to it. To get you to compare yourself to other people. Mm. And sports, I think, going back to the whole theme, has really made me disciplined in my life and made me analyze what made winning teams and losing teams and for me when I look at like what would make me lose on social media what would work make me win is ultimately if we were a winning team and I didn't like my teammates and I didn't enjoy that process I almost would rather be on the losing team that was like full of guys that I would go to war with Mm. and that's kind of how I view social media is it's like I'm going to do it in my way. And if I don't win doing it my way, it's not, it's not worth it to me. Yeah. I think that brings up the point of like, it's, would you rather transactional interactions with people or would you rather authentic, real, genuine relationships being built? And that's what I see through your platform. And that's 
what I aspire to do as well. So one, I appreciate that. I mean, you're already doing it. Like Thank you're you. the one that got these people in the room. So that's like I really cool. It, I want to, I want to ask you one question before we do fast five is another question that I always ask people and you kind of hit it, but who is CJ Finley? Like, who am I sitting down with right now? Who are we in the room with without telling me what thrive Oof. on and in your business and what you do? That is a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. I think to put it into kind of like one sentence, I am somebody that ultimately has come to the conclusion that my life is better when I surround myself with people that I feel I can build a better life with. And I come to that conclusion based on going back to the very beginning of this conversation with my basement. I am after presence. It's all we have. I'm after the moments where time seems to stop. Time never stops when I'm solo on my computer. It never stops when I'm posting content. It never stops when I'm DMing people or texting people or on Zoom calls. It always stops, though, on, like, the runs we did this morning. It always stops, though, in moments like this where I feel blessed to even be doing this. It always stops when I'm on vacation with my wife. It's always with other people. Mm. Time stops with other people. And that's where I came to that conclusion of, like, that's who I am. I am the person that has acknowledged that within myself and I hope other people inspire I hope to inspire other people to make more moments make every heartbeat count that's what it really means it means like find more moments where time seems to stop and you forget that we're just little ants on a floating rock that's powerful dude I, I love that and I love the the concept of just time standing still because really that's all we have. Like we've talked so much at length in this this point in time. I want to ask you fast five before we open it up to audience. So they're one sentence, one word, answer, rapid fire. First one, aside from Thrive On Life podcast, what's your go-to podcast? You mean besides Forever Athlete? <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> Radio. <enough>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, go-to podcast. I actually... I, I I don't have a go-to um, only because going back to like social media, I'm a heavy producer and light consumer. Um, I just, I strut, like my, my attention is just very hard to keep. I like to produce things and, and put ideas out. But if I had to list ones that have had an impact on me, um, Tim Ferriss for sure, um, there's a new one that I've been listening to called My First Million. Um, I've listened to Doctor's Pharmacy, um, a lot of health podcasts, Whoop, Levels. Um, so I, I listen to a bunch of them. I'm more of I'll listen to the person, the guest, mm. than be super dialed into whatever podcast is out there. Um, yeah, that, I would say Tim Ferriss is the number one only because I read 4-Hour Workweek. That changed my life like seven years ago yeah. and that's where he brings on a lot of guests that I value um, a great episode like he had someone on there we were talking about like the production of his podcast and when it when it started and how he went about it 
I look for tactical, practical things, mm. um, and that's what I would say is is kind of how I go about that. He's a he's a fascinating guy. Just like I think epitome of someone who's just freaking curious and has somehow built a life out of being curious. I love to see it. it inspires me too. Uh, second one is go to a book that you've read in the past year because you're always you're always dropping great read recommendations for me. So now it's time to to share the wealth here. I said War of Art earlier so i'll I'll second that i just picked that up recently um and then i will recommend this isn't something i picked up in the last year but it's something that i read every year the book essentialism Mm. i think the reason i'm recommending that book is because it goes with kind of the theme we were talking about with time Uh, a lot of your life is not based on what can you add to it, but what can you get rid of? Mm. And again, going back to society, we're taught to want the house, the cars, the things, but the more that my wife and I let go of things and let go of the expectation of these things are going to make us happy, the better my life seems to get. So I think that book would be super powerful for people. I love it. I think uh, one of the sayings I've heard is uh, don't be a dumb optimizer. Look at eliminating first before you go to optimizing. If you get rid of things, you automatically optimize. Yeah, it's like <laughs> kind of getting more effective. What right? is it? So I'm going to flip it on you just for a second. Yeah. If you can think of this in like 10 seconds, what is something that you let go of in the past year that had a profound impact? Um, I gave this example earlier. I let go of the decision of what I'm doing for lunch and dinner. I outsource that to a meal service company. So that gets delivered like clockwork Monday, Thursday mornings. And now I don't have to worry about scrambling because how many of us go through the day and we like spend those hours from like eight to like noon thinking what it's going to be for lunch then by the time we like solve that problem quote unquote an hour or two later we're turning around and be like okay so like what's for dinner now i found my brain doing that on repeat and i was like i need to just like meal prepping works for some people i also didn't want to take the time like i I eliminated meal prepping on sundays because i did that for a year plus it's like this to me didn't add value it was a waste of time so i I love that that's a very good one um thank you number three quote you live by there's a lot um i'll go with i'll go with the one that i got tattooed on me since i was at age 18 never give up love it number four yeah number four is what's something you can't live without (sighs) something i can't live without Besides friends, family, the ones I love, something I couldn't live without would have to be exercise. Mm. I've always been the kid that was just always on the go. I have to be moving. It just keeps my mind right. I'm glad we like sat you down for like 40 minutes at this point. I d- got you in one place. Another reason I knew that <laughs> podcasting is like I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. podcast like my podcast is gonna go for the next 40 years because. I found it. It was it stopped time for me. Yeah. It was like I could sit here for three hours straight. Love it. But I couldn't sit in like in a classroom. Yeah. I can't sit at a computer. Like I, I'm maybe on my computer one hour a day. I, there, it has to be. Well, it's more about the connection. Yeah, hundred percent. Last one I got for you. If you could sum up your focus right now into one word, what is that? In terms of life, business, anything. We're going to keep it very ambiguous. <laughs> Compassion. I, I find myself as I move into my 30s. I just turned 31, so I had a full year of 30. 
I find myself trying to show more compassion to myself and those around me because I am starting to fully embody the, the whole time thing. Mm -hmm. It's just like, man, I, we spend so much time judging other people and like clogging our head on my mom should do this or my dad should do this or this friend is a, is a dick or not doing things the way I, I would do them or, or this business is, is failing because of that person. We spend so much time clogged up in our mind rather than just being like, you know what? Like everyone's just doing the best that they can. Mm. Like how do I be essential and like not only let go of physical things, but let go of those things in my mind that are just clogging them up. So for me, it's like compassion does that of like always being like, you know what? That person might just be having a bad day or that person, this might just be happening. And this is a very tough thing for me to do. Let me, let me clarify. Like the reason that I'm, I'm working on this is mm -hmm. because it's not easy for me. It's as a motivated person and as somebody that like has strong viewpoints, it's hard for me to be like, you know what? Like you are the way you are. That's okay. Like you're just doing the best you can do. I love that, man. It's a major sign of growth. I want to acknowledge you just for the way you continue to show up and just thank you for your time here. It's been a blast. It's always a blast. And I've been getting into some repeat guests, or I won't say repeat, that's a bad word for it. I think just having the pleasure now to have this platform be around for as long as it has now, that I can sit down for a part two with people, I think is amazing. It's really to cool. I think where we were, both of us respectively, I guess now a year and a half ago, probably when we first sat down and recorded, you don't even have that studio anymore. You've moved, I've moved to LA, like, Things are things are crazy. So I just appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to part three and four and ten and twenty. And let's it's, keep it going. It's man. cool. So you mentioned the next this, the, the next gathering for away game will be in LA. So hopefully it's on a date that I can make it. And what we'll do is we'll record on mine out there. So yeah. that way we just keep <laughs> keep the train going. I love it, man. CJ, thank you.